This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 227, episode 227 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Did everyone have a great Sunday? Did they? Did they? <laughs> You're goddamn right. We had a great Sunday. Anyways, you can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBrancher18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBrancher Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like the Wicked Fast Podcast with the legendary Brian Bell, 30 Flirty and Surviving. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. Eat the damn cake. Drinks after work. No Limits with Kevin Cooney, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, Daycations, BeFit, and so many other great podcasts. And you can always check out Card Vault Breaks if you're into sports cards, Pokemon cards, Magic cards, whatever the case may be, on Whatnot, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And you can go check them out in person down at Patriot Place, down in Foxborough, Massachusetts, or at Foxwoods Resort Casino in Connecticut. And if you're not busy this upcoming weekend, especially on Saturday, since there's no Celtics game, go to the Fenway Card Show at Fenway Park, go to FenwayCardShow.com to purchase your tickets. You can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. And if you haven't done it yet, clearly you're hitting mute at this point of the podcast, but download the WinBet app. Use the code XBNBANTER, XBNBANTER, to get a $100 bet credit when you place a $20 bet. Download the WinBet app. It's not that hard. XBNBANTER is the code. $20 bet. You get 100 bucks. It's not rocket science. And remember, if you or a loved one are having any type of gambling problems, please call 1-800-327-5050. Hi, what's up? How are we doing? Celtics win game seven over the Philadelphia 76ers at TD Garden, 112 to 88. Jason Tatum dropped 51 motherfucking points. Jalen Brown dropped 25. At one point, Jalen and Jason, uh, I think halfway through the fourth quarter, were only down four points. Yeah, it was 80 to 76. 80 for the Philadelphia 76ers and 76 for Jason and Jalen. Unbelievable. Now, listen, obviously this was my favorite Jason Tatum performance of all time. He wanted it. He just drove to the hoop differently. He was so fired up after every basket. It was just like, oh, there's the burp. Get that over and done with. It just felt like it was a completely different person, like someone like we really haven't seen before. I don't know if he like took it all in from the crowd. I don't know who he got texts from, whatever the case may be. But listen, it wasn't the best live performance I've ever seen at TD Garden. You know, you can always talk about Mr. No Thank You himself, IT, after his sister died and all that. But for me, forever, forever and ever, the best basketball game I have ever attended at TD Garden, the loudest that I believe TD Garden has ever been, was Paul Pierce, LeBron James, Game 7, Round 2. Of 2008 playoffs. Unbelievable. But either way, an absolutely incredible showing by Jason Tatum and everyone else on the Boston Celtics. I really don't want to talk about this much because I'm I'm 
focused ahead. Unfinished business here, right? Let's keep our eye on the prize. I don't really want to talk about the past too much, aka the 76ers, because they, they have their own problems that not my chair and not my problem. That's what I always say. But just a quick recap, you know, the five things that I've been looking for throughout the playoffs, you know, that I've been talking about basically every episode to just figure out, you know, how sometimes the team can do good things well and then other things, you know, pretty bad. But whatever the case may be, the Celtics in the series against the Philadelphia 76ers won the turnover battle. They won the three-point battle. They won the rebounding battle. Headspace-wise, you know, that's up for debate. I mean, after games one and game five, um, you were like, what the fuck? You guys had a chance, but back up against the wall. They like to make things tough for themselves, and they won game six and seven. And then finally, the rotation. Like, listen... Joe Missoula is a rookie coach. Joe Missoula clearly has some work to do, but Joe Missoula knows that there isn't a lot of good buzz around him right now, and I get it. But he's listening to the players where other coaches may not. He's accepting them, and I believe that the Celtics are appreciative, appreciative, either way, whatever the word is, that he is listening to them, and he went with the double big lineup. Should he have done it earlier? Sure. Um, but you know, whatever the case may be, they won the series. But the thing is, is like, he needs to learn very quickly and probably quicker than he already is right now, because this upcoming series against Eric Spolstra and the Miami heat, Eric Spolstra is going to coach laps around him. Like it's, it would be like Usain Bolt versus a sloth. Oh, another burp. John Curley must feel very happy that I'm doing two burps in one episode. But, but anyways, Back to Eric Spolstra doing laps around Joe Mazzola. It's going to be the case. Listen, the Heat don't have a lot of advantages in this upcoming series, but my God, do they have one in the coaching side of things between Eric Spolstra and Joe Mazzola. But overall, the 76ers, it's over. It took too many games, in my opinion. I don't want to harp on it too much, so let's just move on and talk about this next seven-game series against the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Third time in four years, the Boston Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals. All the games are at 8.30 p.m. All the games are on TNT. Simple as that. All the games starting on Wednesday are every other day, so 17, 19, 21, 23, 25, 27, 29, if necessary, of course. Game one and game two at TD Garden, they're wearing their white uniforms at home. I know it's crazy, but it's important. They should be wearing their white uniforms at home. They're so they're just classic, and the parquet is classic, and so I love it. And then uh, game one Wednesday TD Garden eight thirty. Game two Friday eight thirty. TD Garden and games three and four Sunday and Tuesday at 830 down in Miami. New episode after every morning of a Celtics playoff game as always and keep your eye out for some watch parties and some possible other cool things happening at Studio B during this Eastern Conference Finals run. All right, let's talk about this series. I have a lot to talk about because if you remember on episode 214, I get I always get nervous playing the Miami Heat. Maybe it's because of Eric Spolstra. Maybe it's because of Jimmy Butler. But sometimes I just can't forget about the bubble or what LeBron James did to me in uh, 2012. Just terrible. But before I begin, let's talk about Kyle Lowry, shall we? If you have listened to this podcast before, you know he is my least favorite player in the NBA. I think he flops more than Marcus Smart, maybe twice as much. He complains over everything. I'm, I'm pretty sure he would complain if Red Panda dropped a, a bull. You know, it's, it's like he just complains that much. I don't think he's that good. I don't like him. Now, with that being said, he is coming off the bench now, and he'll match up against Malcolm Brogdon, and he can be a pretty good defender. 
I will give Kyle Lowry that. He he's physical, he uses his thickness. It makes a lot of sense. But coming off the bench for them as a veteran, accepting his role, that's what Eric Spolster can get his guys to do. He's averaging 10 points per game, four and a half assists per game, shooting 36% from three during the playoffs so far. I hate him. I don't want him to win the series. He doesn't deserve it. Why doesn't he deserve it, Timmy G? I don't know. I just don't fucking like him. But let's talk about five things that I think the uh, Miami Heat have a tiny little advantage over the Boston Celtics. Number one, of course, the coaching. I've already talked about that. Number two, they want, they're motivated. They want revenge from last season. Yes, I understand the Boston Celtics have some unfinished business and want to go back to the NBA Finals. But the Miami Heat, they want some revenge for losing in Game 7 at home. Number three, they're going to have a couple extra days rest. They played on Saturday. Celtics played on Sunday. That that could be huge, especially with an older bunch that is the Boston Celtics. And number four, they don't give a fuck. They don't. They'll do whatever it takes to win. They're scrappy. They'll find a way. They don't care if they win sixty-two to sixty-one, or they don't care if they win one forty-two to one forty-three. They they just don't care. They don't care at all. And then number five is Jimmy Butler. Let's talk about Jimmy Butler. I I mean, if you want to sit down and talk about if he is the son of Michael Jordan, sure, we can have that conversation at a later date and time because. I wouldn't be surprised if he is, but let's let's just talk about Jimmy Butler. In 10 playoff games this year, Jimmy Butler is averaging 31 points per game, six and a half boards, five and a half assists, two steals, shooting 50, 56% from the line, or I'm sorry, from the line inside the three-point line, and 36% from three-point range. He is a career 32% three-point shooter, so he's clearly having a very good playoff run, and the good three-point shooting is helping that, but... He also goes to the free throw line 10 times a game. You know, maybe not as much as Embiid, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has some 15 or 16 shot attempts in one of these games coming up, and he makes 80% of his free throws. So basically, if he gets 10 free throws, he's making eight of them. Jimmy Butler is like everything you want Jason and Jalen to be and to have motivationally and not giving a fuck. Like, seriously. And I know I'm going to be talking about Jimmy Butler a lot over the next two weeks or so, but... I have a lot of respect for Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is one of the most underappreciated guys in the NBA. I know he really hasn't won a championship, but did you see what he did versus the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, don't talk to me about the New York Knicks. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, can't even close out shit. They didn't show up for it. Shout out to Jalen Brunson, though, from the New York Knicks. That's a motherfucking baller. Baller. But Jimmy Butler in this playoffs, 35 points. 30 points. 42 points. You remember how Jason Tatum came out and was like, yeah, I dropped 51 points in a game seven, most in a game seven in the history of the NBA. You know who has scored the most points in the 2023 playoffs so far? Jimmy Butler with 56 against the Bucks. He puts his team on his back. Like if, if you were to draft, you were to have a draft between each team, it would go Jimmy, Jason, Jalen, Bam, Marcus, Al, Derek, Malcolm, Kevin Love, probably Rob, and then Kyle Lowry, give or take. And speaking of Kevin Love, I saw a fucking crazy stat about him the other day. Do you know Kevin Love has never lost a playoff series? No joke. No joke. He was 12-0 and with the Cavs and 2-0 and with the Heat. Fucking wild, right? Just absolutely fucking wild. But the positive about the Celtics here with Jimmy Butler is they can throw a lot of people at him with Marcus, Jalen, Derek, Jason, 
maybe even Malcolm Brogdon at times. And no team has really been able to do that so far in the playoffs. You know, you got Quentin Grimes will be topping R.J. Barrett from the Knicks. Giannis wasn't 100%. Jay Crowder's not the same player that he was. Obviously, Drew Holiday is a very good player, but he was locking up Tyler Hero at times. But the Celtics need to stop Jimmy Butler from getting to his spots. Remember when DeJounte Murray in round one against the Atlanta Hawks? All he did was get to that elbow and shoot those jumper jumpers, and they would go in. It was so annoying. Jimmy Butler is lifetimes better than that getting to his spots he gets he loves hitting that bank shot close to the rim it's like so old school it's ridiculous but jimmy will give jalen and jason hell on the defensive side of the ball and both of those guys need to give jimmy hell on the defensive side of the ball there's going to be a game or two in this series i promise you right now that Jimmy Butler is going to get Jalen Brown in some serious foul trouble. And it's going to be very annoying. And you're going to need guys like Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon and Jason Tatum to step up. Seriously. Like, as Celtics fans, we need to say to ourselves, Jimmy Butler is going to get his. None of that 40-plus point stuff that, you know, they did with Harden for a couple games in round two. I mean, last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, Jimmy Butler dropped 41 points at home in game one, and they won. And then 47 in game six, and they won those games. But the other games, 28-6-13. Celtics won those all. So if the Celtics can defend Jimmy Butler... Let him get his, but as long as it's not enough to motivate the team, they're good. Jimmy Butler is 9-10 and 10 against the Celtics in his playoff career, okay? He's 1-2 and two series-wise, 9-10 and 10 overall. But before we spiral into like all the other stats and the regular season staff, we just have to understand that Jimmy Butler is going to go off at some point in this series. But we also have to talk about someone who usually goes off against the Celtics but is no longer going to be a part of this series and that's Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero broke his like a couple fingers or his hand uh, against the Bucks. Oh wow, three times. You guys are in luck. Um like he broke his hand diving for a ball um and he's expected to miss four or six weeks uh, in round 1 against the Bucks. That time window will put him right up against game 6, game 7 window. Eric Spolstra said today, or I'm recording on Monday, so yesterday, that he isn't even dribbling or shooting yet. So he definitely won't be around at least for the first three, four, maybe even five games of this series. He was injured, if you remember last year in the East Conference Finals. Tyler Hero did not play in games four, five, and six against the Celtics. And the Celtics won two out of those three games. So the other crazy part about Tyler Hero is, and I, and I know I'm talking about him a lot even though he's not playing, but he scored what was it, 20 points or more, three out of the four times that the Celtics and the Heat played each other this year in the regular season. So that's a big load of points. Uh, you know, like Tyler Hero dropping 20-plus against this type of defense with all the different guard action that he's probably seen defensively from the Celtics between TW9 and Marcus and Malcolm and Peyton at times, et cetera, et cetera. Very impressive, and that could hurt the Heat going into the series. But, you know, you talk about head-to-head. Celtics won two games. The Heat won two games. The Heat came in and won a game in overtime. Celtics went down to Miami and won a game as well. And one of those games that I just mentioned was an OT. Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Kyle Lowry all scored over 20 points. And Jimmy Butler had 15 rebounds in that game. 15 rebounds. The last time these two teams played was back in January. So it's been a while. It's been over four months it's the last time these two teams played. So just looking at the regular season stats and the playoff stats real quick. You ready? Celtics were fourth in points per game. Heat were 30th. 30th. 
Celtics were 14th in field goal percentage. The Heat were 26th. Celtics were 6th in three-point percentage. Heat were 27th. Celtics were 28th in free throw attempts. Heat were 19th. But the Miami Heat have the second-best free throw percentage in the NBA compared to the Celtics, which were 4th. Both teams tied in offensive rebounds at 20th, but the Celtics, 7th overall, and the Heat were 27th overall. Celtics, 7 assists per game, or 7th in assists per game, and the Heat were 25th. Celtics were 7th in turnovers. The Heat were 9th. So if you just look at that right there, okay, just look at that right there. 30th in points per game, 26th in field goal percentage, and 27th in rebounding? Like, holy shit. And then you look at offensive rating and defensive rating during the regular season. Celtics were second in both offensive and defensive rating. The Heat were 25th in offensive rating and ninth in defensive rating. So then when you look at the playoff stats, it's crazy. Points per game, Celtics fifth, Heat eighth. Field goal percentage, Celtics third, Heat first. Heat sixth in three-point percentage, Celtics fifth. So it's very, very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Rebounding-wise, the Heat are 13th in offensive rebounds. Celtics are 14th in offensive rebounds in the playoffs, but they're 8th overall compared to Miami, which is 11th. Offensive rating, Celtics are 2nd. The Heat are 5th. Defensive rating, the Celtics are 6th. And the Heat are 7th. So what did I just tell you? The Celtics are a better team roster-wise and on paper statistically. So this should be a good matchup for them, right? But it's the, it's the mind game. They are going to play down to their competition. And this is a perfect example for them not to. Because I think that Nuggets-Lakers series is going to go for a while. And to be honest, we should hope that it goes for a while. But I mean, the Celtics are just the better overall team. If you just look at that roster, you would pick the Celtics. You look at the stats, you'd pick the Celtics. The Miami Heat are 3-3 three and three on the road this year. 17-24 and 24, um, overall in the regular season. But they're 5-0 and 5 and oh at home. So you have to win the series. You have to. And you have to steal one on the road. Who knows how Miami reacts to that because they haven't lost at home yet this year. So I got four things I'm going to be looking for in this series. And number one is so important to me, and I'm probably going to have a stroke even talking about it right now. But how will the Boston Celtics react to zone defense that Eric Spolstra is going to throw their way? Whether it's a 2-3 zone, 3-2 zone, 1-3-1, box and one, whatever the case may be. This has always been an issue in general for the Celtics zone offense. I mean, zone defenses, whether it was with Brad, Ime, or Joe Mazzulla now. But against the Heat, they have even bigger problems. And Eric Spolstra is going to switch it up every single possession. One possession will be a 1-3-1. Next possession will be a 2-3. And then after that, will be man-to-man for four straight possessions. So when the Celtics get the ball off of a miss, they get a rebound, they are going to have to push the pace. They're going to have to get it and go. They're going to have to run, run. You cannot let the Heat set up their defense in this series. Butler, Bam Adebayo, and that loser Kyle Lowry are too smart of players to know what will happen, and they've played against these guys enough to know what will happen and what they will do. And remember, if you do let them set up their offense after a made basket, cut, don't stare, set screens, always be moving. It's simple little things like that that Eric Spolstra kind of wants you to do, and eventually his defenses will break down. They are going to do this a lot. A lot of these zone defenses are going to be done when Duncan Robinson is on the floor. Yes, Duncan Robinson is playing now because Tyler Hero was hurt. He can't defend me sitting here podcasting. Seriously, he can't. So the second he's in the game, you know they're going to go zone. You know they're going to go zone. 
So you have to realize that you have to make the right reads. The middle is always going to be open. So is that going to be Jason catching, going to the rim? Or is that going to be Jalen catching, shooting that nice little free throw jumper that he always has? That's better than his actual free throw shot, uh, shot himself. Um, is Al Horford going to be there? Is someone going to cut back door? Is someone going to throw a lob to Rob Williams? The options are endless as long as the ball is continuously moving against these zone defenses. And then number two, Jalen and Jason have to be better than Jimmy Butler on both ends. Jason and Jalen have to lock up Jimmy. We know that. And it's probably going to be Marcus Smart at times too. But this starts with Joe Missoula giving Jimmy Butler different looks. Jimmy is good at everything. But he's also very good at getting out of traps when he's getting doubled. Always finding the right guys. Ime is clearly the better defensive coach. Joe Missoula, you could argue, is the better offensive coach. But something has to happen from Joe Missoula's side of things to give Jimmy Butler an absolute headache and make him overthink in every single way, shape, or form. Jason Tatum, in the playoffs against the Miami Heat, averages 26 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. Jalen, 24 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. If Jason Tatum can give us 6 assists per game and Jalen Brown can step up his rebounding and give us 7 per game and they... And both of them combined for at least 55. Oh my God, why, why am I still burping? What, what is going on? But anyways, if Jalen and Jason can give us at least 55 points combined per night and Tatum can dish and Jalen can rebound, holy fuck, this series should be over quickly. Now, if these things happen, and that's easier said than done. Number three is their streaky role players. Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Duncan Robinson. The Celtics have to be ready for these guys coming off screens, getting long long rebounds, and jacking up threes. Now, Caleb Martin's also very good defensively. Gabe Vincent as well. He kind of gave Marcus Smarts a little bit of trouble. Not a lot. A little bit of trouble last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. There is going to be a game in this series that Gabe Vincent and Max Strews are going to kill the Celtics, and it's going to drive all of us crazy. But Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, who knows, maybe even Peyton Pritchard, I don't think so, but who knows, they have to be physical with these guys and force them to do dumb things and try and make contested shots. That's what they have to do. The issue with them getting streaky is I'm a little nervous that Joe Mazzulla may say, okay, well, I got to bring in some three-point shooting now too with Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, and that's going to be iffy because Howard, uh, Hauser um, barely played against the 76ers. Peyton, sure, he's a spark plug. You saw that uh, in game five. I literally thought the Celtics were going to come back and win. It was crazy. But the Heat will eat them alive on the defensive end, both of them. So that'll be very interesting. But these four guys, Martin, Struess, Vincent, and Robinson, they average almost 40 points per game, which is a third of their scoring, give or take. If you can keep those four guys like below 31, 32, 30 points in that range, another huge advantage for you in this series. And then number four, finally, the big guys. Al, Rob, number 12, Bam Adebayo, Kevin Love, Cody Zeller. Will the Heat have Bam Adebayo bring the ball up the floor like they kind of did in the bubble? to mess up with the Celtics defense. That will be interesting. How long will Joe stick around for the double bigs? He obviously should start them. They're clearly playing great basketball, and that's what should continue. Bam versus Rob, Al versus Kevin Love. I mean, Al last year in the Eastern Conference Finals had three games with 13 or more rebounds. The Celtics went 2-1 and one when that happened. So that's obviously very important. The Celtics have a huge rebounding advantage in this series, and everyone has to take 
a, a piece of the rebounding, whether it's Marcus or DW9 or Jason or Jalen, Rob, Al, it doesn't matter. Everyone has to rebound. Bam Adebayo had three double-digit rebounding games as well in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Heat went 2-1 and one in those games. So, again, very, very interesting. And what was really weird when I was looking at the stats from uh, last year with the Eastern Conference Finals, Rob Williams scored double digits three times, and the Celtics went 1-2. and two. So it was almost like Eric Spolstra was like, yeah, sure, let Rob Williams dunk it. That way they're not shooting three-pointers. We'll see if that's the same type of mentality that Eric Spolstra has here. But Rob and Al for Bam and number uh, Bam and Kevin Love will be very interesting. They also have Cody Zeller off the bench, just a guy who doesn't give a shit, just a workhorse. He'll get some annoying offensive rebounds. We'll see what happens. But I do think you see number 12 a little bit more in this series, like you did to start the 76er series, because he can match up with Kevin Love. And if you can get Kevin Love away from the rim and not rebounding the basketball, I feel like that's a huge plus for them. So if you can have number 12 and Al out there, if you know Rob needs a breather, I feel like that's a win. But if you can keep Bam out of bio and Kevin Love off the glass, again, this could be over super quickly. But my series prediction, Heat will win game one. But the Celtics will win this series overall in six games so we can all enjoy Memorial Day. And there's not a Game 7 on Memorial Day. And that is it for Episode 227 of the Banner Banter Podcast. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. There will be a new podcast out the morning after every single Celtics game. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a comment. Whatever the case may be, anything you can do to support the podcast. If you're in TD Garden for any of the games, swing by Section 315. Stop by. Say hello. would love to meet you. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.